Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 37. If you are there, say, I am there. If you are not there, say, wait for me. God have mercy. Are we there together? All right. 37 says, if there be in the land farming, if there be pestilence, blasting, mildew, locust, or if there be caterpillar, if their enemy beseech them in the land of their cities, whatsoever plague, whatsoever sickness there be, what prayer and supplication soever be made by any man, or by all thy people Israel, which shall know every man the plague of his own heart, and spread forth his hands towards this house. Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive, and do, and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest. For thou, even thou only, knowest the hearts of all the children of men. Praise the Lord. Please take your seat. Let's read another scripture. Second Samuel chapter 3, verse number 1. Now there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David waxed stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. Praise the Lord. It's an enforcement night. When we say an enforcement night, we mean that there are things that will not happen automatically, even though we have been given the legal right to maximize or appropriate them. Praise God. So, it becomes our responsibility to ensure that what redemption has promised us become our reality. And in making something become your reality, it doesn't only lie in the bosom of God, it also lies in our bosom as well. There are things God has to do, and there are things we have to do. For instance, when God promises his children prosperity, harvest and all of that our human responsibility is to sow or plant and work so that what god has promised will become a physical manifestation or reality some people believe that once god has said he will do it and there is no need for any human element but i want to say that what God does, he does them through human beings. And mostly what God does, we see them in the field or on the field of work. 
on the field of practicality. So if you are the type who doesn't believe in the practicality of faith, if you don't believe in the action of faith, the corresponding action of faith, you are not likely to see manifestations of the blessings of the Lord. So we need to understand that. So there are things God is doing for us, is working for us, and all of that. Now, the scripture I read to you, the first scripture in First Kings chapter number 8, verse 37 and 38, is talking about when the house was built, and then Solomon made a prayer unto the Lord, and then a lot of things were said. And one of the things that were said is that if there be in the land farming, if there be in the land pestilence, blasting, mildew, locust, or if there be caterpillar, you know, caterpillar used to come and raid the farms, like what we see in Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Or if there be caterpillar, if there be enemy, if their enemy beseech them in the land of their cities, whatsoever plague, whatsoever sickness, so any misfortune that comes up against them, whether it's sickness, whether it's an enemy, whether it's just a negative phenomenon, it says that in verse number 37, what prayer and supplication soever be made by any man or by all thy people, Israel. So sometimes prayer is made by one person, sometimes it's made corporately or congregation-wise. So we shall know every man the plague of his own heart and spread forth his hands towards. So there are people who go to God and who say that this is a trouble I have, this is a plague of my heart, and then, Father, I want you to intervene. Then the next verse says that, when the prayers are made, then hear thou in heaven that in thy dwelling place and forgive. Because they believe that in those days, if you sin, that's how calamity comes to you. If you I, mean, I mean, the repercussion of sin was what brought a lot of things, curses, sicknesses, an enemy coming to take advantage of them and overcoming them and all of that. Without sin, there was no need for that. God never gave up his people until they had gone a very long way of breaking his law and, and really misbehaving. So, he said, so that's why they believe that forgiveness was a first point of call for restoration. Are you following now? Hello? It is still the first point of call for restoration. Forgiveness. If somebody comes into Christ, is a new creature. Everything becomes new. And he said, uh, forgive and do and give to every man according to his own ways. Whose heart thou knowest. So God knows the hearts of his people. And based on that, he will move. For thou, even thou only knowest the hearts of his people. So he's saying that when there is a problem and people tend to the temple or pray in the temple, no matter what it is, God should intervene. So when Solomon was dedicating the temple, that's one of the prayers that was offered. That when an enemy besieged them and they tend to the temple, that's why our brothers, one of the reasons why our brothers from the other side, because they are also seeds of Abraham, when they are praying, they look in a certain direction. Do you understand? They look in the direction of the temple. Because they believe that this prayer, if there is a plague, if there is a famine, if there is a misfortune, if there is whatever, and they look in the direction of the temple, the God of the house, who is the God of Abraham, 
will lift that thing, will hear them from heaven and deliver them from whatever it is. So they had believed that in the presence of the Lord, the church of God was not just a monumental structure, but it was a place of refuge, a place of intervention, a place of deliverance. It was a place of divine activity. And I believe that the presence of God is not an air. It's not in the air. Presence of God is a personality. God is a person. And God dwells in places, in people, with people, and he's everywhere. But he manifests himself and his glory and power stronger in certain places. Are you following? So, in a church like the keeper's house, we should get to that point where when someone is having cancer and turns in this direction, heaven must answer. That's why it's an enforcement night. That when someone is not well, is sick. So he said, if anybody looks in that direction, paranu satala bradaga. If you are a shepherd, if you are a lay pastor, you are a leader, you are a cell leader, whatever you are here. One of the things you have to pray is that if anyone enters your domain, your cell, or whatever it is, there must be some divine activities. A church that doesn't have divine activities, even when there are no services, it's not a church. That if someone walks into the shrine, whether the shrine, the fetish is there or not, things are happening there. There are elements flying in the air. Same must happen. In fact, better must happen in the church. That if you enter here in the afternoon and we are not here, God is still here. Are you following it at all? I mean, when you go to the kitchen, you smell food. Is that also? Whether they are cooking or not, wouldn't you smell something? So when you enter the church, whether there is a service and human beings are here or not, the angels are already rising and ascending and descending here, whether we are here or we are not here. So we have to enforce that kind of supernatural activity. Praise the Lord. And two churches might differ in levels in terms of presence, supernatural activities, and all of that. And we are believing God to be there, 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 like there, like yeah. I mean like yeah. Really yeah. Hey. Second Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. Watch this. I'm just showing you two houses. Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Someone say the house of Saul. And the house of David. But David was stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul was weaker and weaker. Hey. So, King Saul was the first king of Israel. David became the greatest king. King Saul was the predecessor to David. David was a young man. He came. Saul had his house. David had his house. David's house used to serve under Saul's house. But in the end, David's house became stronger and Saul's house grew weaker. There are things when we do as a church can make the church grow weaker and weaker as a house. And there are things when we do as a church 
can make us grow stronger and stronger. It depends on your covenant and your practice. So, the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. It was running down, going down. So, you see that some churches or some ministries, you hear that, oh, this is happening, and after a while, it just begins to dwindle, 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 and then fizzles out. Because there is a way to build momentum and entertain the presence of God for more to be done. Somebody say more. I can't hear you. Say more. And so there's a way that when somebody enters a house, he or she has entered into a weaker house. And some people to enter a house and they have entered into a stronger house. And I'm praying that this shall be a strong house for somebody. Letola Malaka Teleza. Anybody that enters here, they would have entered into a strong house. A house that will grow stronger and stronger for your destiny. Shout a louder, amen. amen. The house of Saul, that became weaker and weaker. People died, they were slaughtered there. When a house becomes weaker and weaker, people get slaughtered in that house. Whether it's a physical house, it's a political house, or it's a spiritual house. Eventually, royals live like dogs. Like Mephibosheth, he went and hid himself in Lodiba, and he reckoned himself to be a dog who was not deserving of the king's table, even though he was a royal. Why? Because his house was run down. He became weaker and weaker. That is why you have to be in a church or in a ministry that the anointing and the grace over the commission can sustain your destiny. Because if it is not so, even though you are a royal, a child of God, your destiny can be run down. So the house of David became stronger and what? Stronger. Hey. It's powerful. Is it not powerful? May this house become a strong house for you. As you are here, may your destiny be upgraded. May value be added to your life. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that may you never go down. May you see the greater manifestations of the Lord in your life. Shout a louder, amen. I pray that you will manifest as a child of God. Whatever is lying idle in your life will come into activity. Whatever must manifest will manifest. I pray that your destiny will blossom in Jesus' name. May the keeper's house become a stronger house. A strong house for your destiny. Compared to wherever God has brought you from. May this become a strong house for you. Father, make this house a strong house. In the mighty name of Jesus. As your people turn their eyes and they look in this direction. And they come here and serve you. Let your presence enter. Let your presence make this a strong house. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. When sick people enter here, may they be healed in Jesus' name. When people troubled enter here, may they find peace. May there be testimonies. Let there be marriages. Let the accursed be loosed and delivered. In the mighty name of Jesus, lift your voice and say, Father, this is my house. It's my safe heaven. And I declare it shall be a strong house. For my destiny. In Jesus name. Give the Lord a big clap of praise. Please take your seat. Beautiful.
This is beautiful. So in this house, there are some declarations and decrees that everyone must know. One is from our mission vision. We're experiencing Jesus and we are what? Birthing ministry. So no one here must ever go to hell. Why? Because we are experiencing Jesus on a personal level and then on a corporate level as a church. Everyone here must experience it. That is, your walk with God must go beyond your dressing and how you appear to people. You must really have an active relationship with Jesus Christ, which you know the dimensions thereof and understand what it is to be a child of God that I am really born again. Praise the Lord. Number two, we are betting our ministry. This is enforcement. We are betting our what? Ministry. That's every one of you here has a ministry. You have what? You have a ministry. Every one of you. And it should be your desire and your motivation that in the course of time, you would birth your ministry. Whatever God has put in you to use for his kingdom's benefit will come out. And you will become useful and beneficial and profitable in the hand of the Lord. Praise the Lord. It should be your desire. I am here and I'm believing God. I'll bet my ministry. I'm not, yet, I'm not there yet. I'm getting there gradually. Hey, <laughs> I'm telling you, when I see Pastor Adiboye, he has done it for over 40 years. Oh boy, I cannot be there. I cannot what? I'm telling you, I cannot be there. Where am I in book? If you are marking register crowd, where will I find myself? So if I'm not there, where are you? Ask somebody, you have to start now. You need to start. You need to get on it now, brother, sister. Whatever it is you have to do, you have to start now. That's right. And you start betting your ministry by running errands for your father. That's why the, the fulfillment of your destiny starts when you start running errands for your father. If you look at Joseph, he went to run errands for his father by his father sending him to go and check what was happening to his brothers in Dota. And as he went there, they arrested him, sold him to Egypt. That's how he became a prime minister. Errand. <laughs> That's all. It doesn't have to be nice. You just have to be running errands for your pastor. For your father. I don't know if you are here or you are. Can I say more? Are you sure I can say more? Some people don't know where destiny stands for. But I, I want to say more. Can I say more? King Saul. Who was brother Saul? His father is called Kish. His father's animals gone missing. And then he was sent on an errand together with a servant to go and make sure that he, find, he, 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 he recovers and um, brings those animals home. And then when he went, he didn't find the animals. Then the servant suggested that they should go and see the prophet. And then when they went to see the prophet, God had already set up for him to be anointed as a king. It was from the missing animals and the errands he ran for his father. He didn't say there are servants in the house in Tiwanudi Uncle. 
He ran errands for his biological father, father who can be your spiritual father, your pastor. And as he went, he was anointed as a king. He left as a regular son. He returned as a king of Israel. Running errands. King David, bad side of the wilderness, taking care of his father's sheep. Then his father said, you got to take food to your brothers. I feel like speaking like an American. You got to take food to your brothers, man. And bring me some info from the battlefield and give the captain some cake so that you have mercy and not put these boys in the place of harm. And when he went, he gave the captain what belonged to the captain and then he gave to his brothers. His brothers reprimanded him from being there, but he was on an errand for the father. And when he got there, that's how he got opportunity to slay Goliath and then from there, he entered the palace and he never came out. He became a king in Israel. Just running errands for his father. So when you are in a church and you don't avail yourself to be used by your pastor, you are going nowhere, brother, sister. You need to be running some errands. In the course of that errand, you would discover what God wants you to become. That's all. Hey! There's a lady here who got a job in one multinational company recently, um, about almost a year or two ago. She, she did masters in communications and then she came into this church. Nice lady. So I called her to my office. I said, you want to run away to Canada? Run. You want to go enter into exile? Because Ghana has become, because she's finished school for like two years, no job. So she was so frustrated. I called early in the morning. I said, this is what you are thinking. He said, how did you know? I said, God told me. I said, you are going nowhere. See me in the office. When she came, I told her that I want you to go. I want the media to teach you how to edit videos. And go and do projection in the media. Go nice lady. No, nice ladies like to dress, sit in the congregation with their nice bags. Nice shoes. She has height. When she's walking, you think she's a model. I said, you go to the media. She went. She started projecting. She started typing. They started teaching her how to project, how to write um, subtitles for when I'm preaching and all of that. And then she started learning editing of videos. Then she had opportunity. Somebody recommended her to a partner of a big um, accounting firm. And then maybe the biggest in this country, possibly. And then when she went, they wanted to give her a role and it was only precipitated on if she knew how to handle editing. How does communication and editing. And I called her, I said, the way I see you going, you have acting, you have movie, you have all these things, you have all this, this, this. I think you should know how to edit. Because me, I learned editing and I was editing my pastor's tapes. I learned it myself and to teach every other person. Even this guy editing, I'm the one who taught him how to edit. <laughs> so the lady learned, and then when she went, now what she actually doing is she's just handling one of the branding, the, the one side of the branding of the company by pushing the uh, social media, 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 and it has to do purely with what she learned here. That's how she's having daily bread. <laughs> She didn't even know that is how it's going. She thought maybe communication, she has like, Who, um, are you going to be the PR of that company? What are you even talking about? Eish. So, errand for your father is the beginning. Eish. Ask somebody, what are you doing in the church? 
I think the Holy Spirit is talking to you, Pa. Whether you are one day here, one week here, talk to them. Talk to them for me. One month here. Find yourself doing something. It's powerful. Your destiny will kick start when you start doing something. Is it powerful? All right. What are some of the... I can go on and on when it comes to destiny, dear. We can say, ah, uh, but... <laughs> one, one of the declarations of this house is that, I mean, just to summarize, there shall be no loss of life. Is it not clear in your ears? Somebody say, no loss of life. There shall be no loss of life. And we are going to enforce it tonight. That this house shall be very strong with that declaration. That really, truly, grace will be poured upon this house afresh and more grace and fresher grace for preservation shall be poured on this house to preserve the lives of people that there shall really truly be no loss of life. From time to time we have to enforce that decree. Enforce it. When you wake up in the morning, you must enforce it. Another enforcement is there shall be no loss of what? Property. <laughs> no loss of properties. That's right. You will not buy for another to seize. What is yours, another will not take. That's, we recognize that we own properties. And there shall be no loss of those properties. Some people, they own properties and they have problems and they sell them. They lose them. It shall never be your story. A righteous man, there lives an inheritance for his children's children. Somebody say, I will own property. Say, I'm a property-owning believer. In the name of Jesus. What is another enforcement? There shall be no loss of what? Opportunities. What is supposed to come to you? Another will not take your place. And if it is already with you, you will not lose it. Some people get it and lose it. Some people can be with people who are there. You are with a destiny helper and you never appropriate it. You are just around, around, like we are the boys around. We are the boys around. You are like a tag around, but you are like a tout. You are just around. You never eat into the soup. You are, your hand is never in the pot. They can even send you, God forbid, to go and distribute and you will go hungry. The devil has just wasted you even around your helpers. There shall be no loss of opportunities. I mean, if it is time for you to be pregnant and you are believing God for pregnancy, you will not miss way. Are you following this? You don't understand this thing. No. Do you understand this thing? It's time for you to marry. You will not meet the man and the man will not see you. I saw be no be a friend and no be it will not happen. If your husband makes a decision in the morning that in the evening when he sees you, he's going to promise you that he's going to buy something for you in the evening, he will not forget. Ha! You don't know this matter. Some people, they make decisions in the boardroom considering them for something higher. Then in, in just a matter of 12 or 24 hours, so much can happen that will just 
neutralize that decision. They will either put it on hold or suspend it indefinitely. Loss of opportunities. Whatever it is to bring you. All of a sudden, somebody will cross somewhere. Concerning Judas, they say, let another take his place. So there are people whose places are taken by others. If you read the book of Job, he says that don't desire the night where people are cut. Cut off from their place. There are people who are cut off from their place. So people lose opportunities. I'm telling you. Every day, there, is a, there are loaded opportunities for you and I. But people just keep losing it. And we are going to enforce tonight. That there shall be no loss of what? Opportunity. Shout a louder amen. So tonight, that's what we are going to do. It's powerful. Is it not powerful? It's powerful. <laughs> it's powerful. Hey, hey, hey. Shalakatolaba. There are people, people have desires in their heart and the opportunities, sometimes they are far away. Yeah. So what life is, I will be unworried. And some credit. And some credit. And sometimes someone will buy life more. Hey. Who dress him up? Who could you want our bosses and colleagues? Why fair? We are coming. We are nice. We are. Hey. If you cry, say, Jai, who could know what I want to do? Just say. Who? Papa, when you're a friend, may the scales on your eyes fall in the name of Jesus. Hey. Clear opportunity. No, I'm over the bar. Whose idea they would the position is yours at work, around you, amongst your friends. Then you see, some way, somehow, you just miss it. There shall be no loss of what? Opportunities. This year, whenever you hear me talking about enforcement night, we are coming to deal with our declaration. Because we need to make this house a very, very strong house. A very, very what? Nobody here will be unemployed in Jesus' name. You will not be single forever. This year it shall work for you. You will not be a tenant forever. This year is working for you. You will not be following people around here. You are about to lead and be in commanding lead. In the mighty name of Jesus. Financially, may you be in commanding lead. Nobody shall be weak in this house. This is not a weak house. It's a strong house. As you are turning here, resist trying for your destiny. Shout a louder, amen. Lift your hands and say, Father, I believe the decrees of this house. And I stand to enforce in the name of Jesus. The decrees of this house. Now lift up your hands and say, Jesus, I want to experience you afresh. Now Paul said that I may know him. I may know him. Now after knowing him all that I say, I still want to know you. I want you to lift up your hands and say, Jesus, I want to know you afresh. Give me a new encounter. Fresh encounters. I want to know you and the power of your resurrection. Say today, I declare that you reveal yourself unto me. 
Reveal, let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. Open my eyes to the hope of my calling and the riches that are among the saints. Let my eyes be opened. Let me encounter you. Say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know you afresh. I want to know you again. I want to know you more. In the name of Jesus. You have been listening to the Testimony Word Broadcast from the Keeper's House Chapel International. Locate us at Medina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.